Welcome to Ottawa Valley Vineyard, where we simply want to help you encounter Jesus, be transformed, and share his love. Well, hey, so welcome back, everybody. So we're currently in the middle of a mini-series on how do we hear from God together as a community. And I mean, this is especially relevant, kind of what Aaron was talking about already, right? As relevant as we look at the current landscape and uh, we see COVID stretching on into the horizon and we don't see any immediate end to that or any immediate border to that. So, I mean, that's an open thing. And then the second thing that Aaron also mentioned is uh, just another reality is the loss of our rental space with the high school. Uh, or Egypt, you know, depending how you <laughs> want to refer to that. But we, uh, yeah, we we don't know. Right now, it's not possible to be back there. We're not sure when it will be possible, or even if we want to go back to Egypt. Um, and so we're just in this spot where we're asking, what does God have for us in the future, right? Do we buy? Do we rent? Do we stay online? Do we focus on small groups? Uh, what, what direction uh, do we take? Um, God, where would you have us go? What is it that you'd have us do? What is your will in this? And so in these changing times, because that's what they are. I mean, we're definitely, things are changing. Things are different. Uh, you've probably noticed that. Um, but we're asking, where should we put our time? Where should we put our energy? Where should we put our focus? God, what is your will for us as a community? What is it that you would have us do? How is it that you'd have us move forward? And maybe just to turn that question a little bit more practically, um, how do we make sure that we are in a spot as a church where we're listening for what it is that God is saying to us, both personally and corporately together as OVV? Uh, where is he leading? So this is, uh, this is what the series is about. This is what we've been talking about. It's, yeah, important question and, uh, yeah, important pieces here. And so this is going to be work, th- uh, work, week three. Um, and so th- that's where you're jumping in. So if you missed the first two, that's what has been happening. Uh, week one, we asked this question, right? How do we hear from God together as a community? I mean, that's kind of our overarching question. How do we hear from God together as a community? And week one, we said, well, first we have to make sure that our hearts are in the right place. We know that God wants our hearts before anything else. Um, we know that we are to abide in him first and foremost. And, and if we're going to do anything together as a community, if we're going to hear correctly, we have to make sure that that is at the center of it, that our hearts are in the right place. And then last week, we kind of added on to that a posture piece or this caveat that said um, something that we need to think about as we ask this question, how do we hear from God together as a community? We looked at Romans 12, where uh, we're told to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice uh, and, and we realize that God may ask us to do something hard or may ask us to do something uncomfortable or difficult. And um, we kind of reflected and asked these questions of, well, are we willing to go there? Are we willing to go where God would lead us, even if it costs us? And so that was the previous two weeks. And so this week, we're going to continue to ask this question, right? How do we hear from God together as a community? And uh, the piece of scripture that we've decided to reflect on and then dive in together as we kind of add some bullet points to the, these are the ways that we can make sure that we're hearing correctly. So we're going to go into Micah 6, 8. And uh, so let's go ahead and let's read that together. It says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. 
So just structure-wise, what we'll do is let's dive into the verse. We're going to pull out uh, kind of, okay, well, what is, what is Micah actually saying here? And then uh, after we kind of land on, okay, this is what Micah's saying, we're going to pull out of that, and we're first going to kind of go to, what does this mean personally? And then, because our community is, I mean, our question is really built around uh, the question of community, we're going to move out another step at the end and say, this is probably what this verse has to say to us on a communal level, about how we can hear God and make sure that we're hearing from him properly as a community together. So that's what that's kind of how we're going to structure things. So let's start with what is he saying. Um, and uh, just let's just do a quick summary of the book where our passage is found. So the book of Micah, uh, written it's written by Micah. Micah's a prophet around the same time as Isaiah. He's in the southern kingdom, and as a prophet, he speaks prophetically for God, right? And in particular, he's uh, bringing accusations from God against the people of Israel. And so the bo- the book mostly consists of warnings interspersed with messages of hope on the other side. And so just quickly, chapters 1 and 2, God comes to bring judgment on the leaders of Israel. That's the judgment piece. And then you have this hope piece where God says, but I will be your leader. I will be your shepherd. And I will lead you and I will shepherd you. And then you have uh, chapters three and four, where it's going to continue to elaborate on the injustices of the leaders, all the ways that they're abusing the people, they're leading them astray, they're doing things for their own advantage. And so disaster is coming. Peace of hope. However, that disaster will not be permanent. There will be a remnant. And then we get to chapter six, which again elaborates on the injustices of the leaders. And then this is where we find our famous summary that we just read. Famous, because if you've been in church for a long time, you've probably heard this verse. Um, And this is a declaration, right? This is a summary of what God wants for his people. Um, The people of Israel have come to Micah and they're saying in frustration, what is it that God wants? Disaster is coming on us. We're surrounded by armies. Um, We are doing all of these worship things that are prescribed and we want God to come save us. So what? And it's not working. Like, what do you want? What does God want from us? And uh, this is how Micah responds. He says, what does God want from you? This is what he wants on a very basic level. If you're going to operate on anything, operate on this. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So let's just uh, reflect on that, right, and try and find out, okay, well, what is he saying? Let's dive into that a little bit, right? He says, he has shown you what is good. So scripturally, biblically, it is God who is the fountain of all goodness. Uh, There is no goodness apart from God. His commands, his revelation are intimately connected with goodness itself. And so goodness is not something that's apart from God, right? It's not this standard outside of God that God needs to somehow adhere to, but goodness actually is a part of of his very nature. It's intimately connected with him. Uh, So if someone was to come to you and ask, is something good because God commands it? Or does he command it because it is good? Um, You could answer by saying, Uh, this is probably a false dichotomy. Goodness is a part of God's very nature. And so as we look for the good, 
we end up looking for God himself. When we find or when we experience something good, we are experiencing and we are seeing and we are feeling a shadow of something that finds its fulfillment in the person of God and in the person of Jesus. When God tells us to do something, it's not just good for God, but it results in good for us as well because the goodness of God encompasses the goodness of those who love and follow him. He then says to act justly. And this essentially means to act in a way that lines up with goodness, right? Act in a way that actualizes goodness. Act in a way that causes goodness to be made manifest in this world. And out of that, we can kind of reflect on that and say, well, are we acting in a way that is seeking the good of Elmont? And, and Carlton Place. And because goodness is found in the nature of God, true justice is only known and pursued fully in relationship with God. Um, without God, we can see pictures of true justice, right? Because there's this general revelation that, and, you know, we, we have the image of God inside of us. So without God, we can see pictures of true justice. We can see through a glass dimly. We can see part of it. But the only way that we can see true justice and the only way that we can see clearly is to keep the character of God at the forefront of our minds and to walk closely and humbly with our God. Um, Making the world a better place starts with seeing what is good and working towards it. And I guess just under this act justly piece, just note, note the emphasis on acting. If uh, you're like me, you're, uh, you enjoy thinking about things or reading things, and the acting part might be a little bit of a weakness. Um, and hey, regardless of my weaknesses, I mean, this is about scripture, right? And this is about what we should do. I, I, I don't have a position of speaking because I have everything figured out. Um, but note the emphasis on acting here. Um, don't just talk justice, but act justice. Actualize goodness. And we're going to leave that there, even though that could be an entire sermon. Um, to love mercy. Where justice emphasizes the action in the Hebrew, to love mercy emphasizes the attitude behind the action. Act with respect, act with kindness, act with benevolence, act with generosity, act with faithfulness. Um, you could kind of summarize all those and you could say act with love. You could say love is the highest command, kind of looking forward to uh, Paul's words of if I give my body to be burned but have not love, it comes to nothing, right? Do justice and do justice from a heart filled with love, and so you'll notice these three things, right? He has shown you what is good, act justly, and love mercy. These three things are focusing on the horizontal uh, relationship, or as Jesus would say, the love your neighbor as yourself piece. And then there's this final section, which is walk humbly with your God. And that's going to emphasize the vertical relationship between God and us. And it's going to say we are to walk with him in a way that recognizes his gifts and accepts them, in a way that listens in a way that is constantly aware of his leading, in a way that is constantly opening, sorry, constantly open to where he is going, where he is working, how he is inviting us, how he is wooing us, how he is directing us and moving us forward. And uh, the, the humbly piece might be a struggle for a lot of us. I mean, probably all of us, if we're honest. 
but I think that means that we should be reliant on his voice constantly. Um, we should be always going back to God. We should be sounding everything off of him because, I mean, ultimately we're fallible people, right, with itchy ears. And we need to safeguard against uh, doing what it is that we want. Okay, and so here's where I want to focus on uh, my first point. And this is going to be more at a personal level. Uh, you know, we're kind of moving from the meaning to the personal. We'll end up in the corporate. Let's go to affirmation one. And that is, there are things that we do know. God never leaves us completely alone in the dark. And here's what I mean when I say this. Life is complicated. Life is difficult. And yes, there's beautiful and there's good. And those things are kind of mixed in there too. Um, but we struggle with anxiety, right? Or depressive episodes or sickness or handicaps in some ways. Some of you grew up with two parents and a stable income. Some of you did not. Um, we start in different places. Some of you have experienced traumas and stigmas and injustices of various sorts. And we just know that to be true, right? We know that this is baseline human experience. There's times of sunshine and there's times when darkness sits heavy upon us and we despair even of life. Life is this mixed bag of both evil and good. And there's times in life when we feel the darkness, when we feel surrounded, when we feel incredibly lost about where we should go, when we feel incredibly lost and confused about what we should do. And there's times when we ask, how can I hear from you, God? What should I do? What do you want from me? Um, I feel so lost and I feel without direction. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I'm, I'm lost. Please help. Please help me, Jesus. And uh, into this place, just on an individual level, I want to say that God has not left us without pointing a way forward. Um, in every circumstance, he has not left us alone in the dark, right? He reaches down from heaven towards us and he draws us to himself and he tells us of who he is and what his heart is. And at every crossroad in our lives that we run into, we, we do have some level of guidance. And now that might not be as much clarity as we want, but he has given us some truths to hold, uh, even when we can see nothing else. Um, he has spoken, and he is speaking, even when you enter times uh, that feel silent. And, uh, okay, Matt, well, how, how can you say that? Why do you say that? And I think this, this verse, right? I think this points to the fact that even into our fractured lives and hearts filled with confusion, God speaks and he says, he has shown us what is good. Act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. This is the way forward. Um, when nothing else is certain, when the future is this bank of fog, when all that is around you is darkness, this is the way to your next firm step. I have not left you alone, my child. And uh, many of you will know uh, at least pieces of Heather and I's story, and it just feels apt to maybe share a piece of it here. Right? Heather and I were planning to get married. This is three years ago. And, uh, you know, it was an exciting time. She had been living in Thailand, and I went there to propose, right? So I had my backpack and my ring in the backpack, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go on a long spiritual search, and I'll end in Thailand. And, you know, hopefully, if God shows me on the way, then I'll propose, and that's how it'll happen. And I proposed. 
And, uh, you know, and so she had come back, time went on, she came back and we were planning the wedding. And in that time, our plans were, okay, we're going to get married. We're going to move back to Thailand. We're going to join this community that creates spaces for travelers, backpackers, and spiritual seekers to know Jesus. And if you want to know more about that, you can, uh, that's what I do with the other half of my time. Um, And so we're planning for the wedding. However, a week before the wedding happens, Heather gets mono. And this is on top of all of the other health struggles that she had already experienced. And this kind of pushed her over the edge. And this stopped us in our tracks, right? We were like, we're going to get married. And then next month, we're going we're gonna to leave for Thailand. But this left us, instead of in Thailand, we're now in this limbo state where we were asking these questions of what should we do? Um, what's possible? God, what do, you, what do you want from us? It felt like your plan was so clear, and now it's not. It felt like there was this road that stretched forward, and we saw the next five, ten years, right? And now this storm rolled in, and all there is is clouds, and all there is is fog, and we can't see anything. And so what do we, we decide? Okay, well, what we'll do is we'll wait a month, and then you'll be better, Heather, Heather and then uh, we'll decide what to do after that, you know? And... Um, a month goes by, and at the end of that, she's still sick. And we're like, okay, cool. So another month. We'll wait another month, and then we'll go to Thailand. Um, and at the end of that month, she was still sick, and we're like, God, what's going on? You've given us everything that we needed. You provided the support that we needed. Like, uh, we feel that this is clearly where you want us. What's happening? I guess we'll wait one another month, and then we'll go. And at the end of the, that month, she was still sick. And uh, it just felt right? Like the future was full of fog. Um, We could only see the next step in front of us. But we had all these plans that had now been covered over in fog, covered over in uncertainty. And we couldn't see very far ahead. And and I think it was in these times that God really impressed on me the the truth of this this verse. Um, In the middle of uncertainty, uh, do what you know. Um, there's always a next step that we do know, even if the rest of the future is really foggy. I mean, for us, that meant part of that. What that meant was volunteering with OVV, and that eventually led me here, uh, standing in front of you. But in the middle of so much fog, uh, it just felt that God was saying, "I have shown you what is good." And even though you don't know the future, right now you can act justly, you can love mercy, and you can walk humbly with me. And so there are things that we knew, right? And we were able to move forward. Um, even, you know, even if we would have liked more clarity, even though it was dark, there was still a path forward. So I guess I share that just on a personal level. That's, uh, that's kind of what my experience with this truth has been. Um, yeah, personally. Now, maybe we can uh, zoom out a little bit more, right? And we can ask, okay, well, how does this verse interact with our question, right? Our question is, how do we hear from God as a community? How does this verse interact with that? And, uh, well, let's say first, I think this verse tells us, or it reminds us to be balanced, right? And so this is what I'd say here. There's this tension that exists, right, between knowing what God has revealed about his character and listening for how he is leading in the present by his spirit. And so you see this tension throughout church history, right? And, and various denominations, even today, um, some have done a very good job at focusing on God's special revelation through scripture. And so they know their Bibles inside and out. And that's great. And that's a good thing. And they, they know their Bibles better than I do. Uh, however, sometimes these very people have been extremely deaf when it comes to hearing the spirit of God in the present. And so while they have great knowledge 
that sometimes comes with great inflexibility, uh, that sometimes comes with pride, that sometimes comes with an inability to adapt and to follow what God is doing in the present. And, uh, not, and, and that goes the other way too, right? So you have that side, and then you have another side as well. You sometimes see the opposite, where a church is very sensitive to how God is leading in the present, but they lack a grounding. They lack a biblical understanding that will ground them. And so what that ends up doing is it makes them a people that are tossed to and fro, right? They don't have this touchstone. They're, they're not properly grounded in, in what God has revealed. Um, and they struggle because of that to identify what is God's authentic voice and instead are pushed and pulled by different opinions and, and things that God may or may not have said that. And so the point of this is as we listen to God as a community, we want to pe- be a people that do both of these things well, right? We want to have a solid grasp of what God has told us. He has shown us what is good. But we also want to walk humbly with our God, listening for how he's guiding us in the present, uh, removing our pride from the equation, willing to follow him wherever he goes and w- with whatever work that he's doing currently. And then so holding these properly in balance is important because God won't contradict himself. And so we want to be people that we hold on to what he has said while we listen for what he is saying. And we kind of move into the future holding on to these two things together. Holding on to what he has said while at the same time listening for what he is saying. And there's uh, one other point that I want to pull out of this verse that I think uh, relates to our question here. And the question is, right, how do we hear from God together as a community? And so on top of recommending balance, I think that this verse tells us to walk forward in the things that you do know. And the flip side of that is sometimes we are frozen by indecision or confusion. And what I mean to say here is that there are times when uncertainty and confusion, it just causes us to freeze up. So instead of something profitable and helpful and good, we decide, okay, well, I'm going to wait until I know more before acting. And so we simply stop or we choose not to act rather than risk making a mistake. And uh, this is something I struggle with, right? So you're kind of seeing into the heart of, of Matt here. But sometimes we feel led to maybe it's, okay, I should really spend time with that neighbor or I should spend time with this group of friends. But, you know, we feel a little bit of fear and we feel a little bit of uncertainty about how that's going to go. Like, I haven't really hung out with them before. I'm not sure. Like, what will I say? How will I make that happen? I don't really have these skills. I can't be a good host. I'm not a good cook. How do I, how do, I do this? And, you know, and because of that uncertainty and that fear, we just never set anything up. We know that it would be good. But because of insecurity or fear or confusion, we're kind of like, ah, I'm going to do something else. I'm just going to not think about it too much. Right? Sometimes you feel, and this is what Aaron was talking about, sometimes God kind of puts a name in your mind of, oh, I should check in on them. Or I should ask them to go for coffee. Or I should, uh, I should, I should think, I should pray, I should, I should really connect with so-and-so. Right? But maybe we kind of think like, oh, that's weird. Like, I don't really have a deep friendship with this person. Or, I mean, there's all kinds of excuses that could come up, right? Or or things are really busy. Or they might not really like me or might not really want to hang out with me. Or, you know, I'm kind of scared that that could be awkward. And so because of that, we just choose not to do it. 
Maybe we feel the need to be more engaged with the felt needs of our community, right? We just don't really know how to pull that off. Uh, we don't really know how to proceed. And so we simply like, we're like, oh, well, I'll just put that off. I'll think about something else. And, and a lot of these are just coming from my own heart. Just so you know, I'm not calling you out. I'm, <laughs> I'm just reflecting what uh, things that I've struggled with. And in all of these things, uncertainty freezes us, right? Uh, our fear keeps us from acting on things that we know that are good. Things that would bring goodness into the world. Things that would bring goodness into the lives of our families and our friends. And we just don't do it because of fear or confusion or distraction or, or some other excuse. And I guess I'm saying here, and this is for me as well as you, right? Let's be a people that are not chained by fear. Let's be a people of prayer and of power and love and a sound mind, bringing the goodness that we know into this world, blessing those around us, showing people the love of God, and not holding back for sake of confusion or fear or uncertain about how something's going to go. And here's just an aside to that. Um, sometimes I think that we come to God saying, like Israel does here in this passage, Israel kind of comes to God and they say, what is it that you want? What do you even want, God? And there's kind of a frustration piece there. And if I'm honest, I think that I've done that. I think I've sometimes come to God saying, what is it that you want? Uh, we sometimes come to God as though God hasn't shown us anything. And I think that in those moments, personally, I think God says, I have shown you what is good. Do those things. And so we sometimes go to God asking for clarity and asking for direction when we haven't actually done any of the things that he has been calling us to do. You know, I come asking when I haven't been faithful in the things that he has been speaking to me by his spirit, right? I guess all those examples, I haven't made time to spend with those friends that he's kind of put in my mind. I haven't followed up on those names or prayed for them, the ones that he's kind of given to me. And I, I still keep coming to him saying, God, what do you have me to do? And he kind of looks at me, he says, I've been telling you. I, I've been giving you all these names. I've, I've, I've shown you what is good. And here's, here's my thought. Okay, so this is not, this is not scripture. This is just what I'm thinking, uh, Matt's thoughts. Uh, maybe if we instead walked forward in what we did know, that other things uh, might become more clear to us. And as we walk forward in the things that he has revealed, maybe he would begin to reveal other things to us as we did those things. And so let's, yeah, let's walk faithfully in the things that we do know, personally and corporately as a church, the things that we do know Let's do that. So here's the part that comes. I'm talking about things that we do know as a church and corporately, right? And so here's the part where I plug some of the things that we currently do know on a communal level. Just slip that right in there. Um, we believe that moving ahead, and you knew this was coming. We believe that moving ahead with Alpha is a good thing, right? What are the things that we know? Well, we know it's good to meet together. Um, we know that it's good to take a posture of inviting people into faith and into inviting uh, people into everything that Jesus has for them. We know that it's good to provide spaces for us and our family and our friends to discuss these things and to ask these questions. Um, we know that it's good to learn together. We know that it's good to be together. And so we look at Alpha and we say, yes, we think that this is good. We believe that this is something that, even though there's things in the future that we don't know, we believe that this is something good and something to walk forward in. So let's do this. Um, we also believe that this whole Sunday streaming thing is a good thing, right? It helps 
helps us to come together when we can't physically be together. It's good to dive into scripture together. It's good to listen and to pray and listen for God's voice together. Um, it's good to hear your feedback and get your questions and for you guys to put ch- comments and things. That's great. It's good to interact. It's good to worship together. And so we believe that the Sunday streaming is something that, that's a good thing that we want to continue to walk forward in. And so there's, there's more where I could plug, but let's leave that there. Let's just say there are, uh, these are some of the things that we know and that we'll continue to walk forward in even as we pray and we listen for how else God is guiding us. Okay, and so we're wrapping up here. Um, So this is a question, right? Our question was, how do we hear from God as a community? And uh, two weeks ago, we said, okay, so how do we hear? We make sure that our hearts are in the right place. We start there. That's probably, you know, we abide. That's probably the starting place. Um, Then after that, we make sure that we are, that we've kind of calibrated our hearts and that we're willing to do whatever it is that we're asked, knowing that that might be hard, knowing that we might be required to take up our cross, knowing that we might be required to present ourselves as living sacrifices. We, we make sure we're willing to do the hard things. And then, um, just the two extra bullet points we'd add from here is we say, what else do we do? How else do we hear, or how do we hear from God as a community? Um, Just recapping what we said, we hold on to what God has said, letting that ground us, even while we listen for what he is saying today. I'll read that one more time. We hold on to what God has said, letting that ground us, even while we listen for what he is saying today. And secondly, we walk forward in the things that we do know, and we trust him to speak regarding the future. We walk forward in the things that we do know and trust him to speak regarding the future. And so, yeah, please be praying. Uh, Be praying together with us as a church. Let's be seeking God, um, asking that he would make it clear how we are to be stepping forward into uncertain times. And as we wait on him, you know, we continue to pray. We continue to seek. We continue to do what it is that we know. We continue to meet together. We continue to search the scriptures. We continue to listen to his voice and we look for the good to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God into everything that he has prepared for us, for Carlton Place, for Almont, all that together. Thanks for joining us. To connect to the ministries of Ottawa Valley Vineyard, visit ovv.ca.